Welcome to episode 92. Uh, today, I'm joined by my very esteemed guest. He's been a lifelong friend of mine. He's a very smart guy. He's a very funny guy. Uh, Grant, do you want your last name on here? Do you care? Okay. Okay, Grant TB. has been a lifelong friend of mine. Um, he's a funny guy. I'm excited to talk to him today. We're going to have a lot of fun. We want to talk primarily about what it's like being a, a young adult who we both have degrees, we both have jobs out of college, and now we're like trying to get that second job slash get the career like rolling. And we're having difficulty doing that. This is something that we can all, well, not all of us, but a lot of us can relate to. And we kind of want to talk about the funny stuff that goes on or the weird antics that we do to try to get jobs, the situations we've been in, uh, like maybe weird interviews we had, things that are going on. And uh, hopefully you can relate and hopefully you enjoy this. Remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at francosworld underscore. And uh, thank you very much for taking time to listen to today's episode. So, Grant, let's get it started. What is one thing in particular that you want to, like, off the bat, like, what is a weird experience or something weird that you've done in your process of trying to get a job? Have you done any sort of weird manipulating algorithm? Or, like, what is, like, when you apply for the job, I need to know what goes through your mind. Like, what do you do when you apply for a job? Uh, I kind of just, I scroll through Indeed. You're an Indeed guy. I'm an Indeed guy, Okay, yeah. so I'm not an Indeed guy. And my mom's always on my case about being an Indeed. She's like, you got to be an Indeed guy. And I'm a, LinkedIn, I'm a LinkedIn guy. It's more of a social media. I get that. But I don't know. It just feels fancier to me. I like it. Uh, well, with Indeed, I have applied to probably 200 jobs. Um, and probably 90% of them, they don't ever get back to me or anything like that i applied for one job on linkedin and i've had success i'm on my but you're still sticking to indeed but it worked out well for me they when i applied to uh the job on linkedin they got back back to me the next day um indeed is usually a few days after if they get back to me and i feel like with indeed i like the surveys on indeed i do the surveys i like the surveys too and i like the assessments but yeah it's kind of hard to tell the legitimacy of a job on Indeed, yeah. per se. LinkedIn, you can pretty much see. Yeah, how many employees they yep. have, all this and that. I like being able to see the reviews on Indeed and everything, but you see a job and you, you I'm sure you get them too. It's like, they send you, it's like, you've been a match for this job. You'd be a perfect applicant for this job. And then I go and like, look at it and I'm like, this is a scam. This is a con job. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I'm honestly, I'm down bad. I'm down bad, bad. I was applying to be like a media marketing guy for ServePro. I think that's a maintenance place, ServePro. I got to look that up, whatever ServePro is. And needless to say, I did not get it because otherwise I'd be donning the ServePro green. <laughs> do you know what ServePro is? No, I've never heard of it. All right, hold on. I'll look this up for you. ServePro is... And it's showing me like Surf Pro like tennis? Surf Pro Ritchie County. So never mind. We don't want Surf Pro Ritchie County. It's been dubbed the King of Clean, which me as a germaphobe, not that bad. Okay. Fire and water, mm, cleanup and restoration. So it's like if bad things happen, these guys are cleaning it up. And I was applying to be like a media guy for them. And they're tweeting out gifs and gifs of the Wolf of Wall Street guy. And Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreation clapping. That's like what they think. There's a fire. People have lost their house and their livelihood. And someone said, thanks for the cleanup, Surf Pro. And it's some guy who's tweeting out Jordan Belfort clapping in his face. That smug, arrogant Jordan Belfort. And I couldn't do that. You're telling me I wasn't good enough. To, I could find a better gift than Jordan Belfort. I could probably send a Care Bear or something like that. We send our deepest apologies. The fact you lost your house. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> 
have you like how down bad are you in terms of like applying for jobs like what are like some of like you're like okay fine i guess i will apply for this job i need to know um uh just serving jobs pretty much just like i'll look at cool cities that i'd like to live in and that's probably the lowest I go is just like a restaurant job. Cause yeah. I, I have, and you're not, I not have, again to the servers. He's not no, knocking you. No, I've, He's been a server. I've been a server. Multiple most, restaurants at most once. Most of my life. Yeah. Multiple that's, restaurants at once. That's where my, most of my area of expertise, I guess, if you'll say, if you could say that yeah, that would be, is that. So I am most qualified for that. I do have a college degree, so I feel like I'm worth something. And that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, like and that's the problem. You know, I, I fall into that. Not necessarily the entitlement trap, but it's like, hey, you know, I, I did go to college and I had a, a job right out of college and I have years of experience and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's easy to get down, man. I'm, and it's just like, I I keep pounding the pavement, try to get jobs and it's just not happening. It's demoralizing almost. It is. Um, I, I've had a couple phone interviews in the past two months. Yeah. Um, most, all of which, except for one did not want to talk to me again after that. <laughs> I think that's just because I wasn't ready. I have uh, last March I started on unemployment and then yeah. that I rode that out until about July where I had to a couple things happened and I had to move back to my hometown. I was working at a restaurant in Morgantown and then I had to move back for reasons and then I got a gig with AmeriCorps yeah, which is not even technically a job. It's like, um, but you were working for a, like, a, you were working for a, a United Way and stuff yeah. like that's a pretty respected nonprofit. It is. And... It's a job that you can't say it's a job. Um, they don't want you to say it's a job. They want to yeah. They want you to say you're serving. So it's like volunteering for pay, essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good on the which resume, was, which was really good for the six months that I did that. Um, yeah. After that, I this past january i got through three interviews with a company um i won't say the name yeah of this company and i got the job and i uh, it was in charleston south carolina and i picked up all my stuff and i moved essentially i was uh i was in a hotel for a week when i started the job down in south carolina um trying to gauge whether or not i'd like it um because it's pretty expensive to live down there, and I, I didn't want to commit to an apartment uh, without knowing whether or not the job was. It wasn't a scam, but it was not a good gig. It was to, a to little bit of a scam. It was a little bit of a scam. Um, which I worked for four days. Uh, on the fifth day, I said I'm not going to do this anymore, and I uh, sucked it up and came back to West Virginia. But now I, um, I'm having success with the job that I was talking about on LinkedIn. Um, I am pretty close to getting that job secured, and it is actually a real. It's a real it's a job. Real job yeah. with a salary and yeah. benefits. And That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. yeah, and and I hope you get that, man. You deserve to get that. You're a good guy. You've been working hard, and uh, it's just funny for me. And I don't know if you have to go through this too, because me trying to be a jokester and everything, like. So I have to be on social media all the time and, and try to get the next piece of content out. And maybe this one goes viral. Maybe this one gets big. And I can't really privatize my accounts. And so I worry all the time that like I'm applying for these jobs. These people look me up and it says comedian, comic. And then they're like, oh, this guy won't take the job seriously. He tweets dumb stuff. He just made a joke about Osama bin Laden. He's not getting this job. 
Well, I've been thinking about the social media aspect of uh, employers. But I'm a lately. clean comic. Like, there, I yeah, can't. You know, there's nothing. You'll be fine. Uh, my All my stuff's private. So, and I don't usually tweet nowadays anyway. Uh, back in the day, I'm sure there's. You were, you were, weren't I'm you sure like, some, weren't you best Twitter in high school? I was. I got best Twitter in high school. I was. Um, yeah. And look at you now. I was one of those mouthy guys who, <laughs> who would just reply to people that I didn't even know. And um, You and Gabe would just get into Twitter spats with random people just for fun. Gabe would actively search random people online and just start fighting with them. He was a troll. Is, he was a troll before trolling was a thing. It's funny to think about that because I am friends. The ones that stuck out, the little Twitter beefs that I've had, we, the people that I were in arguments with, I'm, all, I'm friends with all of them now. Um, really? Yeah. I won't mention any names, but most of them. And if... And if they don't like me to this day because of that, uh, I don't have any bad blood or anything to, yeah. to those people. But I was always a big scaredy cat on Twitter and everything. And that's probably why I didn't win the award. I did win a lot of other awards though in high school because I was super cool and awesome. And <laughs> uh, no, but uh, didn't you win coolest and most awesome? <laughs> I won um, best hair, obviously. I won. Uh, I think I won best dressed. I think I won best dressed, and I won friendliest. I got funniest. And you did not get funniest. That's most, not an award. I promise, most funny, or funniest, or whatever. I got most funniest. I can't. I don't know how you would say that. And best tweeter. I would turn in all of my superficial awards that are best dressed, best looking, not best looking, best hair. You know, I would turn that in for the funniest award. I also I think got. I did some. I think I did some politics to get that one. I like little backdoor t- deal, telling people to better vote for me if it's funnier i'm breaking kneecaps break your kneecaps yeah, yeah yeah okay i think uh I, i'm trying to think yeah no i would much rather have your award than than what i got but uh obviously, they don't matter yeah we can't put that on a resume if we did we probably would get jobs now but uh i i think we would never get a job if we put that on. Our no they, i think places respect high school uh <laughs> but back to the uh, social media thing i We've been warned for years that you better be careful about what they put on your social media. You, it's on there forever. That being said, I haven't really been considered for too many serious jobs yet. Um, so I'm not sure. Maybe this job will get into my Twitter and decide that they do not want me at all because of what's on, what could be on there. Well, I mean, I got a job in baseball right out of college. And I had so many tweets of baseball games where I'm like, this guy sucks. This guy can't hit. And I'm like, oh. Well, I'm here now, so maybe maybe we're just reading too much into it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it is a big deal. I think they probably take a look. If you're out there spreading Nazi propaganda, they're probably, probably. not gonna hire you. But if you're out there making your little jokes and your little like, look at this Shrek meme, I think you're fine. I don't know what your Twitter's like anymore because you don't tweet. The vulgarity that's on Twitter nowadays, I'm these kids, or Dude. maybe they're not even all kids, but. If they will ever try to get a real job later on in life, they may want to consider deleting their Twitter. I I mean, can I scroll through one one finger swipes worth of a Twitter feed? I can't get there without seeing at least two porn sites. Yep. <clears throat> Comments. I, I'm a big comment guy because that's where the funny stuff is. Do people not realize that we can also see your likes and you're liking horny tweets and sex are us or whatever of <laughs> some weird you are our at name that I don't know. We can see that. We can see you. People are being horny online, horny on main, as they say. That ain't me. Maybe they just don't care. 
That's true. Or maybe they want to get caught. Like a... It's a thrill thing. Exhilarating thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe they'll see this. Oh. It's always so funny because every couple of years you'll see like a college basketball coach or a politician. They'll like a tweet that's like really dirty and people are like all on their case. But we like... see you. But like, I... There's no way those people run their accounts. Like, that's probably, like, a social media manager who forgot to switch accounts. It's got to be, right? Probably. Yeah. In most cases. And people are always, as like... As far as tough politicians go, I don't necessarily think that internet savvy. No. And they're idiots. And they just, like... Dude, okay, we're in West Virginia. Jim Justice does not know how to turn on a computer. No, he has to have someone do it for him. Correct. Time. And that's he fine. He doesn't know how to put on a mask either, but that's neither here nor, here nor there. Now, so, <laughs> I'm on the Twitter... And you guys on there, you're retweeting porn, you know, and we got to get back to work. And I don't know how we can go to work if you're horny online. <laughs> For, uh, most of my audience actually isn't in West Virginia. That is a spot on impression of Jim Justice. That's pretty good. That is a pretty good impression of West Virginia Governor Jim Justice. I just want to point that out to the audience. But yeah, man, you know, being on social media all the time and stuff like that, I worry that places see what I tweet and I you know I try not to be I mean obviously I'm a clean comic so I'm not too dirty but it's just something that goes through my mind I think I think one day that'll be good for you I think that's not going to be negative for you I think that a job will see that you are very outgoing and that you know how to I mean you know how to talk to people so I think that is a couple pluses yeah for most jobs unless the job is like I think I think that's one thing that you know, you can't really quantify it. There's not like a, there's not, you can't really, I mean, I put it down on my, on my resume as a skill as like public speaking and stuff like that. And, you know, there's not like a set thing. Like you can't sit behind your computer and say like, I'm well-versed in talking to people on this platform or mm -hmm. something like that. But like, you know, a lot of people I'd say around our age, like, especially younger, a lot of people younger than us, like they can't say words. Like they... I mean, their whole lives, like, their parents just shoved them in front of a screen. It's like, the baby's crying, give him an iPad. The iPad babies. Give the iPad. And, you know, uh, my parents just shoved me in front of a television, but still. You know, I think I think that's a skill that I have that uh, you can't really, you know, I mean, you can't quantify it, but I definitely put it on the resume. And speaking of resumes, one thing that I was doing there for a couple months, and then I heard that I was late to the party, I was taking the description or, like, preferences for jobs i was copy and pasting that putting it at like 0.05 lettering and just plastering it in my resume and turning the font white so whenever it went through those hr systems or hiring systems it would like light up like a christmas tree because this guy fits the bill but really i'm just copy and pasting what they said clearly I, that did not work because i don't have a a, a career from that <laughs> and i also heard that it gets you blacklisted from certain places I don't know how true that is. I have no idea. Um, but I tried that method. Are you? Have you tried any weird methods? Is there anything that you swear by whenever you're applying for a job? It's like, I have to do this to give me the best chance. Well, I'm really lazy. So the way I do it is if it is one of those... On Indeed, there's either... A, when you click apply for this job, it'll either take you to a full on application or it'll give you the... Um, you like the easy apply? The apply you yeah. like the easy apply? Yeah, I love that. I don't like the easy apply on LinkedIn because you can see 8,000 people have applied for this job. Yeah. Um, but then again, like, um, if we want the job that bad, we should 
have it in us to go through the application process a little easier. So that's definitely on us. I get down on myself because I see all these people and I know I'm qualified, but like in my mind, there's some, you know, super rich kid whose dad has a connection with somebody in the company and they went to an Ivy league school and they got a couple more years of experience. And I'm like, you know, this kid probably did the easy apply. Why am I, you know, there's no need for me. I don't know why I get down on myself like that. Now, if I see a hundred or under in terms of applicants, I'm all in that. Yeah. I love, I definitely have, I've applied to more jobs because it says be, be the first to apply to this job or, or like urgent hiring. Three hours yeah. Ago, yeah. Urgent hiring. I think you have to look out for. Oh, you think those are the scam jobs? I think those are more of the scam jobs and look out. You got to look out for like jobs that you'll scroll through and you'll see like different names for. And then the description will be that it's the same company. Yeah. Different title. Like the job that I have went down to South Carolina for, I applied for it was a client relations specialist, and now I go on there and I see they have like sports minded marketing lead. Sports minded marketing. You're hawking cell phones. I know. Sports minded. I mean, like, I mean, those people that you did work with were sports minded. They did show you their high school highlight tapes. Yeah, we don't need. To... We can talk about that, <laughs> dude. You you can be blackballed from that industry. You never want to work in that again. Um, I, I, dude, you, you're not, it's not looking bad on you for saying, yeah, I went down there and the job's not what I thought it was. These people weren't very professional. If anything, it makes you look more professional. Okay. These people were showing him high school highlight tapes. They were like 26, 27 years old and they were still showing high school highlight tapes to him. It was like a motivator. Half the day is that, that's, that's what they talked about. Half the day. Is there high school football career? Dude, come on. Yeah, that wasn't a good look for me. That's definitely one of the reasons why I didn't stay. Also, I couldn't afford an apartment with the pay that they were giving me. The and you got to look out for like large pay ranges from like it'll be like thirty five thousand to ninety nine thousand dollars. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I have not seen that thirty five thousand to ninety nine thousand. I mean, that's just a classic sales like uh, commission based job, probably. Yeah, and if you want to do sales, that's there's all kinds of jobs out there for you. Oh yeah, but capitalist market, man. There's a difference between. A lot of sales jobs put advertise as non-sales jobs, and then once you start the interview process or start like realize or they start explaining it to you, it's just a lot. Yeah, it's just not what you thought it was. I was just eager to leave town. So, I uh, when I had my interview with the, um, I'm trying to think. I'm I had an interview with NBC Sports and New York Mets uh, right before the pandemic started, and I thought for sure I was going to get one of those and be out of here and be in New York and doing my thing and. I think it was the, I think it was the New York Mets job where it said I was going to be around, around a lot of like high profile clientele. I'd be around like the president, GM, CEO, all these big guys for the Mets. And it said you had to conduct business with a certain level of confidentiality. I thought that was creepy because I don't know, like, I understand they mean like you can't talk about business deals and everything. And so I was like, oh, I'll look like a business guy. So in my interview, I probably said, I conduct myself in a, uh, or conduct business with a certain level of confidentiality. And I probably said confidentiality eight times in the interview. And this guy's like, okay, this is a psychopath. He keeps <laughs> saying confidentiality like he's hiding one time. like he's hiding something. And that's something that I – because it was one of those video interviews where I can't see anybody. It gives you a question and it gives you five seconds. It's like beep, beep, beep. And then it's like go. And I've never done that. You've never done that? No. I've done that twice. Both the interviews I had were online on video and I didn't even get to talk to a person. It was just like an automated voice like Stephen Hawking and it was just like 
what would you do in a situation where you need to na 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 na? And then I'm like, oh. Honestly, that sounds like I would like that a lot more than. Well, apply apply to New York Mets. I just applied to uh, for a job there to uh, work in the team store. To work in because I think like that, at the stadium at the stadium yeah that'd be cool that would be cool and it said uh you work all the home games and they only play like eighty one home games and I'd say like a quarter of those get done at like four o'clock yeah. I mean that's pretty some late some nights will be late some nights will be real late but you know you're you have a week off and then I'm you sure work they have a TV screen in there you can watch watch the game watch the and game. you can you feel the ballpark atmosphere and they're gonna be a good team this year and and uh, you know, you work a week and then you're off a week because I'm sure you'd have to go in there and work some shifts just because, yeah. but like there's no games for a week or they have like a 10 day road trip. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that, that job seemed pretty fun. So hopefully I, I get that. That would one. be really cool because you could probably get your foot in the door. I don't want a lot of other yeah areas of the stadium. Like you could be like, if there's anything else you, that I can do. I'll I don't want to work in, I don't want to work in baseball in terms of like the actual player development anymore. That was that was something that was like when I was coming out of college. That was a spur of the moment thing I I did, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I just like those guys that I worked with were so committed. Like that's what they want to do their whole lives, and they knew that that was a good building block job. Mm-hmm. I just took it as like a job, and I was like, okay, I'm just here to do this. And you know, I met a lot of good people and and had a lot of great times. I fell in love up there. Ooh, love, love is love is big, and um. But no, man, I, I don't want to continue to work for, for a ball club or anything like that. My biggest problem is that I have never been really sure what you want to, what do, I want to do with my life. Um, you and I are similar, though. So, I mean, like we could do like a media marketing gig. Yeah. Marketing and uh, I got my minor degrees in public relations, or I guess it's called strategic communications, but I emphasize my degree. That's, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I got a music industry minor. My uh, Originally, I wanted to do PR for uh, a music group or like a, like a venue or something of the sort. Um, music, right? music industry is dirty. Music industry is bad. Um, so uh, I've kind of drifted away from that. And now I'm just trying to find, I'm pretty, I'm kind of a jack of all traits when it comes to like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess when it comes, <laughs> when it comes to just like jack skills, I'm kind of average in most things. So I can, I can do, a lot of things that jobs are asking me to do. The problem is just getting interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess the point of what I'm saying is that uh, right now I'm just trying to find something to make some money and maybe move to a cool city. Yeah. Yeah. Start I'm, my I'm, life. Start I'm, my life, start my life yeah. over essentially. I'm in the same boat and, and you and I are not in sort of this failure to launch scenario. We graduated, we got jobs. And then unfortunately due to circumstance, we had to move back, but it's not like we're mooching off our parents. We're just, this is temporary. And then we're, and we'll get a move on, man. And, and, you know, it's, I, I said this the other night on my Instagram live, not to get too, uh, how do, what's the word, uh, pseudo intellectual here, but somebody told me that their birthday, they were going to be 20, uh, this week. And I said, like, what's some advice you would give to a 20 year old? And I say, have more forgiveness and empathy for yourself and for people older than you, um, because I did not have that. When I was 20 years old, I would not have forgiven a 24-year-old for doing something stupid or, or you know, taking a job for low pay or moving someplace and it not working out. I'd have been like, you're 24. You should know better to do that. I'm 24 now. And I'm like, it's okay that I don't have it all figured out. 
And so I urge all the people younger than us and us to have a little bit more sympathy and empathy or whatever this word is for, uh, for what we're doing with our careers, man. We're, we're so hard on ourselves. We're a generation that was told like, hey, go to college, get you, do the work, do the thing. Because that's what all of our parents did, you know. They got to go to college and instantly find jobs and job land. <laughs> job trees. And they just had eight jobbies on job trees. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would recommend to anyone younger than us to try to figure out what you're passionate about really early. Ooh, uh, is, now Grant's getting pseudo-intellectual. Okay, hit which it. Is tough. Hit it, bud. It's tough because I was a big... I just wanted to have fun in high school and in college. And in college. I did well in college, but... Um, you probably did better say, than me GPA-wise in college. I wouldn't say I worked hard. Or, like, I worked... I guess I worked hard, but... You know, school was secondary. I had a job in college that I really liked. Um, it was a catering job, and all my friends worked there, and it was just like... It's a cool gig. It was, a, it was just a cool thing, and I worked 40 hours a week, and I focused most on that job, but I now... I don't have that job anymore, and I think it's just something that I missed out on was, which a lot of people, you're not going to find your passion. Uh, you're not going to know what it is that you really want to do yeah. with the rest of your life. I was very fortunate I paid 30 grand to figure out that I want to be a professional jokester. <laughs> and, like, you know, I would, I would, people would invite me to go out to parties, and, and, and people say they're going here and there, or, or they're doing this activity, and I'd be like, man, you know, it's Friday night. I want to stay at home and watch Johnny Carson reruns and write jokes till 2 a.m. Call me when you need a DD. You know, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. And and I, I told myself then that it would pay off eventually because I was like, no one else is doing this. It's like uh, the Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, when he was a kid, he would always say, like, nobody else in Jacksonville is lifting weights right now at 13. And he was probably wrong. But in his mind, if that's what it if that's what he had to tell himself to make himself work hard or, he, you know, like, that's what I do. So, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, there's always somebody younger and more talented and better with better connections that is doing more work than me. So, maybe this can be a motivator to you to, to get out there and do something. I don't know. What, is something, what do you do to motivate yourself, Grant? To-do lists. Oh, okay. That's something I picked up in the last year. Is I, go with, I go on spurts of just not wanting to do a damn thing. Uh, I like watching TV a lot. <laughs> you said to-do lists, then you go... I like to watch TV a lot. <laughs> but to get myself motivated and off the couch, I I found that writing to-do lists and just writing things, actually, as it's a good motivator to, you know, just write a couple things, check things off the list. It feels good. It's yeah. a little dopamine rush, rush or endorphins or whatever. Endolphins. Yeah, dude, you had me watching. Uh, you're a big TV movie guy, man, and you had me watching all this crazy stuff. Yesterday, we just watched this documentary about dan schneider being like a creep and i'd never heard this in my life but then you watch these these clips and you got amanda Bynes with her feet covered in jelly like she's 14 years old and it's like okay you know what maybe he is a creep yeah i've uh, discovered that video yeah, it's it, definitely messed up yeah i like to watch a lot of messed up messed stuff up <laughs> dude you showed me grant man and i love you to death but you showed me this adult swim fake medicine ad <laughs> that i'm not kidding you guys it's I would scary recommend that to anyone it is scarier than most horror films out right now i think it's called unedited footage of a bear it doesn't have anything to do with a bear no and it's like and i i understood i understood what the metaphor was from the jump about addiction to uh, prescription meds and everything 
because of like the ads and you mm-hmm. read you read like side effects may include and you see, read it's all like of it long list all this long thing and you're like okay so this is about prescription like drugs but this was on adult swim that's a comedy based thing imagine being one in the morning you're just sitting there and you think it's an ad but then it just becomes this terrifying tale of drug addiction. Unedited version, uh, unedited footage of a wild bear. Unedited footage of a bear. Yeah, it's on the infomercials uh, section of Adult Swim. They have a lot of good stuff. Is it? A, is it most all of? Are any of them funny? Some of them are funny, but a lot of them are like. A lot of them are like mine. Creepy metaphor. Yeah. This drug addicted woman is screaming and running at you. I didn't like that. Yeah, it's like a woman. She's driving a car and all these sim- all these side effects. It's like a commercial for uh, allergy medication. And it's like belting off all these side effects. And then uh, she drives by like a murder. Yeah, she drives by the murder. And then she like comes to a slow stop. And then like this like. It's like her heart. Drum, this drum start beating. And then she sees herself at the end of the road. And she gets out and of the she, car. She gets out and she's like, what? And then herself starts running full speed towards her. With the drums just like... And it's terrifying because she's like hopped up on drugs screaming and running at her. I'm getting cold chills up my spine right now because I'm looking at a black window outside. I see nothing but woods and, and nothingness. And I'm very scared. There's the, the dogs across the street are like these, I don't know, Egyptian looking dogs that pharaohs had. So maybe they'll protect me. But I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared right now. I've actually thought about what if I was getting like murdered down here why and i scream Grant. and i scream for those like Grant. those dogs i help i picture them like jumping the fence and, oh you like, think they'd help you maybe what but would you say like pharaohs <laughs> help me neighbor dogs king tut is in trouble i need help i don't know how egyptians talk i actually was friends with one egyptian guy in college but i don't remember how he talked i've never met an egyptian why would you talk about murder while we're down here alone in this house i'm not scared of my house you live in a nice neighborhood, but I'm terrified. There's woods back there. And I live out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. My next door neighbor's half a mile away. I guess you're not scared because it's your dwelling. It's your home. I guess that's true. <sighs> you show me all of this scary stuff, man. You got any funny stuff that you can show me? What's the funniest thing you've watched lately? As far oh, as funny stuff lately that I've watched. You haven't gotten anything. Not really. Okay, fair enough. You're just a boring guy, boring life. I've been into the Mountaineers. Really yeah, feel, really focusing on the basketball team right now. We could talk about the Mountaineers. We can talk about them. We're gonna win the national championship. That's all there is to do. That's all there is. To I want to believe, Grant. I want to love again. My heart is so full. My arms are open wide. I want to believe in this team. But something, you know, you look at there the is te- so, there is something there. You look at the Texas loss, the heartbreaker. You look at the Oklahoma loss, the heartbreaker. You look at the Gonzaga loss, gave that one away late. You look at the tech, uh, this one against Baylor that we had. We gave it away in overtime. And these are all really good teams, and we're just not putting them away, and it breaks my heart because I want to believe in this team. I want to believe that we can actually win a national championship in one of the top two college football or college basketball in my lifetime. I want to believe that this is the year. I think for basketball, this is about as good as year as any. What about next year, though? I think Next, next year we could be good. I forget who the senior is. we got a couple seniors. But the thing is... The thing is with next year, how good is everybody else getting? That's true. Because this is a wild, crazy year. Uh, Duke is horrible. North Carolina is terrible. Yeah. we have. It's a wild year. The field is wide open. Kansas is just okay. 
they're getting better, actually. Um, I want to believe, Grant. I want to believe. I have faith. Pat McAfee has faith. Well, he is. Yeah, I mean, he always. I mean, he's not going to talk bad about the alma mater. No. I'm happy that the. I'm happy that he's back, somewhat affiliated with the school. I'm happy that he can, like, walk into the athletic facilities and not be afraid for his life. Mm-hmm. Guy was like 20 years old and had the worst game. Of, he had the worst game of his life at 20 years old, and it haunted him forever. Yeah, I don't think anyone held that over his head, though. No, they definitely did. They sent death threats to his house, Grant. Which which game was that? The game we don't talk about. The game of which we do not speak. Did he miss a field goal? He missed three! Oh. Grant! You said, I've been following the Mountaineers. And you, I, you win that game, you go to the national championship, you act like you know what you're talking about? You talk, what are you doing? The Rich Rod? Rich Rod, you know? He got spit on as if he's leaving the game. And then he was out. He went to Michigan immediately following. There was a do- there was a 30-minute long interview with Rich Rod and Pat McAfee recently where they talked about everything that went down. And it was a cool pull-back-the-curtain moment because those yeah, were my heroes. I like watching them. Those oh. were my heroes as kids, all those guys. And, you know, those teams were awesome. And he was just like, yeah, so I asked – this is um, – Rich Rod was talking about how there was a first-time president, and I think it was Clemens was the president at the time of, of West Virginia University. And he said he was a, a rookie president. He didn't know, like – that like football essentially pays for the entire athletic department. And he's like, uh, uh, I asked for X amount of dollars for my entire coaching staff and one facility upgrade or something like that. And the guy's like, we're not giving you anything. And he says, okay, I'm out. So that's really what it was. And now you look at all the assistant coaching uh, positions, like their salaries, they're to the moon. You know, you're paying coordinators a million dollars and it's crazy. It's crazy that that imagine where we would have been had Rich Rod not, if things had went different. Do you think he would have sucked like he does, or do you think he could have continued to have built a great program? I think he could have done well. Um, I am glad I watched that because there was all kinds of rumors back in the day. Oh yeah, uh, I remember getting a phone call saying Rich Rod left. Uh, I remember hearing that he threw the game on purpose. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of things. And, and Rich Rod made a good point because he's like, why would I throw a game if I win, I go to the national championship and that's on my resume forever that I'm a national championship winning coach? Why would I why would throw, throw that Why game? would I throw the pit game, the arch rival next door neighbor, why would I throw that game? Yeah. yeah. It's a good point. And now he's down at Louis, Louisiana Monroe as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. The ebbs and flows of college football. People don't understand. And I know, I know... You know, a lot of the people that listen to this aren't big sports people. Rich Rodriguez, for those that don't know, he's a West Virginia guy. He played at West Virginia University. He's from here. And he is such an innovative mind in terms of college football and the offenses that he had. He was the first guy. He was at coaching at like a D2 school. And he was the first guy to spread everybody out and run like... You, you, if you watch the end of a half of football and you're like, how come they don't play like that all the time? You watch an NFL last two minutes of the first half or second half, and they're moving the ball down the field. Everybody's sprinting up to the line. All the receivers are wide open, tons of space. And Rich Rod's like, why don't we Why don't we just play like that all game? And he was the first guy to really do that. And he uh, incorporated a lot of read option with the quarterback mm-hmm. running the ball. Very innovative offensive mind. Unfortunately, it feels like the game is passing by. I think Pat White had another year at that time. He definitely he had one more year after yeah. that, yeah. If you had to give me, and we can, we can close with this, if you had to give me your top five Mountaineers, you can give me combined football. Heck, I'll even include I'll even include women's soccer because they were such a good team when we were in college, and maybe even baseball. I don't know. 
But your top five Mountaineers that you, like, during your childhood and college that you remember, who are your top five people? Obviously, you and I both have Pitt Snuggle in there and Pat White. Pitt Snuggle, Pat White, Deshaun Butler. Okay, Deshaun Butler for 100%, you. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly have to go McAfee. Yep, McAfee's Okay, so one. you have four. You have one more. Are you going to say Meg Bulger? She was awesome. Meg Bulger? She's like a, one of the top women's basketball players of all time for the school. Mark Bulger's sister? Tavon Austin has to, oh, be, has to be there. Wow. Wow. That's a good one. He was lightning. Yeah. So I have Pat McAfee. I have Pat White. I have Kevin Pitsnoggle. I have... Uh, I was a big Frank Young fan. I'll go Frank him. Young. And I'll go... I have two basketball and two football. I feel like I got to get a football... Oh, my favorite player when I was in college. Clint Trickett. Clint Trickett. <laughs> he was so handsome, man. He was he was like 160, but he could throw the ball like 80 yards with ease. He had that hair. He had great hair. He would take off his helmet, and it was still great hair. <laughs> Very jealous. Very jealous. I mean, I have great hair. Clearly, I've won best hair in high school. Clearly. Nice, nice callback. And that's how we close it out. Grant, do you have anything you want to leave the people with? No, I think I'm all good, man. Well, thanks thank, for having me today. Of course, and thank you very much for stopping by. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Franco's World underscore. Keep taking care of yourselves, and I will see you. Peace.